And welcome to episode 18 of the Jordan and Brandon show, also known as the Mondo Solution. That's Solution. right. Today, our episode, Jordan, our episode can vote. Our show can vote. <laughs> and oh legally goodness. own long guns in certain states. <laughs> it still needs to be trained, but it, it, it does. Can do it. It Hunter can do safety it. course. It is what it is. How are you, sir? Good to see you. Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing really well. Sun shining, beautiful day. I'm chatting with you. We're able to convey a lot of great messages to our audience. What more could you want out of life? Je lots, like a lottery, winning lottery ticket. <laughs> you know, my that. dad always says that whenever, regardless of the time, season, you ask him, can I get you anything? You can see he's thirsty. You can see he's hungry. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He never answers what he's he actually like not wants. wearing a shirt. He's like, I need a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all that's all he wants. I'm like, well, you could go uh, buy lottery tickets. He's like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. He's got one shoe. I, do you need another shoe? No, just a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> do you know what's interesting? The statistic, which is oft repeated, that says uh, that 77 percent of lottery winners are broke within x that is a completely made up statistic it is not true at all <laughs> no don't but it was, burst my bubble like yeah that. but it was stated somewhere probably on like cnn or something and somebody just repeated it repeated it and by way by virtue of repetition becomes some sort of understood fact which is in fact not a fact at all let's see <laughs> if i can work the word fact more in there oh whoa whoa i think we need to get a counterfactual into this and just say something along the lines of it's probably you know, lotterers anonymous lotters la that's what la stands for <laughs> no uh, angels there that's right that's right uh guys so again today is the 18th episode of the mondo solution jordan and i uh i'm brandon wood that's jordan mcdonald and if you are listening to us on a podcast platform such as spotify stitcher the three people that use apple podcasts please like follow share subscribe all those things share it with your friends it's that little button which is a box with an up arrow i don't know why that became the share thing but it is i'm sure there's a story behind it that we will pointlessly refer to later on in a different episode <laughs> well it's not the inbox it's the outbox it's like it's oh is that out. what it is i don't know it, it seems like the inverse <laughs> of the inbox symbol so that would make sense but in any event this being the 18th episode, there are a lot of one, a lot of ones, a lot of episodes that you should go back and look at. We've talked about things like the history of Valentine's Day, uh, scarcity marketing, marketing and an economic downturn, all of these things. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it and who you would like us to have on the podcast. If you are just listening to the show, whether it's your first time or otherwise, please understand you can also check out our YouTube channel where you can go and see some of the things that we refer to because uh we talk i i will take the brunt of this one i talk as though i'm sitting in the room because i'm talking to jordan i'm like jordan look how many fingers i'm holding up and every single listener is like what what are you doing what this is an audio podcast douche <laughs> so, so um Anyway, Crazy Ira and the Douche. That's a good show from <laughs> Parks and Rec. But that show. it is so good, right? So good. Uh, but for this show, what we're going to be talking about is something that is very near and dear to every business owner's heart. And if it's not, it should be. And, and quite frankly, not even business owners, but people that are even attached to the business because it can make or break your livelihood. And that is online reviews Ooh. and how to handle them so um <clears throat> there's this guy i'm gonna have to look this up um but well, as we're talking about this i'm gonna try to look this up while i talk to you um 
there are many different places where people can obviously leave reviews for people. Um, and some of those things are going to be like, you know, Yelp, which is decreasingly kind of effective, uh, Angie's List, Facebook, all those things. But the kind of default thing that is uh, that, that has become that is, in fact, Google. Okay. So um, what's very interesting uh, is that within that, people respond to those reviews differently, right? So Jordan, I'm sure you have seen these things that people respond to differently. Um, and I'm trying to find this one where there was a company that I knew of. It was not it was not a company that was my client, so I'm not speak telling tales out of school or anything like that, but this let's say for instance, and I'll just I'll be vague because I don't want to throw them under the bus. They have since changed their approach. But when a negative Google review would be left, it would be like let's say it was a painting company. It is not a painting company for the record. But let's say it is and Jordan's painting comes over and it's a, it's a, it's a subsidiary of Jordan's pencils. Jordan's <laughs> painting comes over and paints the outside of the house and has a bunch of overspray on the bushes and things like this, right? Which are all things that are supposed to be taken care of in a professional situation, which means that as painting the outside house, they got paint on the bushes, um, which is always a weird complaint. I, like I get it, but I also understand that, you know, leaves in Colorado, they, they come and they go kind of a you know it's a disposable item anyway this guy the, so somebody would come onto their google reviews and would leave a review that's like oh my god jordan's pencils first this guy he's a pencil company what is he doing painting it's crazy so why is he talking about pencils all the time if he's a painting company jordan did this thing his guys biff and todd came over and painted the outside of our house and they left overspray everywhere um they were kind of rude when they were talking to us and one star this dude the owner of the company would come on to google and reply and be like that's because you're a dumbass and i was like whoa he, and he had like many of these it was wild um and I mean, I guess he was being giving his honest opinion, whether they're valid or not. What it does is it, it increasingly these days is going to harm your reputation. Um, but there are ways that you can address that, right? So Jordan, what are some of the, have you ever heard any horror stories that are kind of along the line? You know, I, I can't say exactly one that I've heard of, but I know that uh, I've been the the actor, the bad yeah. actor in these horror stories. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, there's a time in my life, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I am an example of reacting poorly. I guess I'm not the one responding to comments, but I know I've been the one that like can, it has been quick to leave one star reviews, right? Uh, waiting in line for a restaurant and you're there for an hour, still not in and yet. You see somebody like get in ahead of you that came later than you and there's no reservations. Oh man, immediate one star would be my my prior response. I don't think that review on Google got got a response from the owner. Uh, but but needless to say, it's it there's the way to respond, which is how you feel, and it's filled with honesty from the business owner's perspective. Right, yeah, maybe maybe so and so was being a jerk, mm -hmm. right? However, we have to remember that it's not just 
a conversation between you, the company, and the clients, right? It, this conversation is public, especially if it's on Google reviews, right? Yep. So, so yeah, it's it's always a situation to remember that being humble is important as a business, as an entity that's trying to protect your your credibility and your standing, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sometimes have to swallow your pride, probably quite frequently, actually, and just realize, yeah, maybe this was the customer's fault, whatever it was, you know, but that's not the way you want to portray it to any future customers or existing no. customers that you fought so hard to get in the first place. So make that apology, you know, and then try to find a solution, right? And even if that's just the starting point and you take that dialogue offline uh, with that customer, Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. That's fine. You know, maybe there's some other there's some other solution that's found out of the the prying eyes of the public. But yeah, you have to start with you know. It seems like you almost always have to start with an apology to have a chance of being viewed in the light that you want to be. Yes, you do, and I think that a, a good rule of thumb there is to look at it, try to put yourself in that person's position, and so like. Increasingly these days, I, I, I am moving away from the word empathy because I think it's way overused. And so sympathy might be the better way to say it. But if you are to try to put yourself in that position, that is empathy, right? Um, do does this Is this going to affect you? And I think it's taking kind of that beat of three. Jordan, you and I have talked about this offline, I think, where there's like, as you're about to respond, you're going to respond from a reactionary place. And that's rarely good. How is this going to affect this person? How is this going to make me look? Because quite frankly, the person doing the complaining, granted, if you're complaining as Brandon, as an individual, it's probably not very likely that people are going to remember your name. They are going to remember your review, but probably not your name. Uh, Really what you're trying to do is the point of the review is to help out future people in their dealings. So whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, just Try to take that beat to say, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect them? And how is this going to affect everybody else? And by the time you've had those three seconds to kind of take a beat or three and not leave that, if you can get away with not doing that, it's probably better. But if you're the business owner, it's a different animal. And so what we're going to talk about today is 10 ways. So five, 10 ways to respond to Google reviews. So five of those negative, five of those positive. And one of the things that seems to be very interesting, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit more, is that some people go, oh, they left a terrible review. I'm just not going to respond to it. That's a terrible idea because A, it gives the person giving you a negative dig, whether it's warranted or not, the last word. And I'm not saying that you need to be the one to say the last word, although I'm seldom without the last word, it seems, um, as Jordan can attest. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you that can't see me, I am dying of laughter over here. <laughs> um, but people, you, you want to be able to say that if you have made a mistake and it needs to be addressed, positive or negative, address it. Talk about it. It's okay. And if that means, like Jordan said a second ago, hey, maybe we should take this offline. Do you have a moment to get on a phone call? Not only are you displaying, I am I am putting forth the customer, the, the customer service and the good faith effort to actually handle this. What you do on a phone call is never, probably never going to make it back to Google reviews unless that person leaves a second review. But it's it's just going to display your, again, good faith effort to address what's been the highlighted concern. So anywho, I digress. 
Yeah, as, well, as yeah. <laughs> digress. I love digressions, but this is back on track. Yes. And here we are. And let's uh, let's start from the top, shall we? Let's talk about a way to respond to negative review that you might uh, have been left for your company, right? So I think the key here is, right, it, it's not just respond, right? It, it's not just don't ignore it. It's respond as soon as you can. Right. Right. It, you know, I, I suppose, you know, I, I will caveat that with, you know, maybe that person, when they're leaving a negative response, a negative review, they're usually coming from a place of high emotion, right? There's there's mm. a lot of uh, powerful sentiment, and it's a negative sentiment. And so there, there is always the case, and there's a chance that if you respond, you know, within milliseconds of that person posting... <laughs> <laughs> that review that they're just going to like right back in this, this rage of fury, regardless of how you respond. But this is, you know, that's most likely not going to be the case. So mm-hmm. really, um, yeah. So I have a stat here, according to a study by review tractors, tra- tractors, 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 review tractors. tractors. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big, it's a semi hauling around. It's like got your Google views profile on it. Like a bunch of QR codes everywhere <laughs> called review tractors. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. We should actually get on that one. Mark Jordan McDonald, 2023. <laughs> Do oh yeah, Jordan's pencils. No, this is a limited liability company. I'm not putting that to my name. That's right. So, according to a study by Review Trackers, 53% of customers expect a response within a week of leaving a negative review. Promptly responding to the negative review shows that you care about their concerns. A week. I mean, that's pretty. Um, it's generous. I was mine. Yeah, generous. I was thinking that's slow. That's like snail mail. But hey, if that's if you can get in under a week, the statistics indicate that that's within the realm of expectation. I also think, though, that <clears throat> especially if you're a business owner, I, I I find myself increasingly when consulting with with our clients. And by the way, since I didn't say this, we work for a company called Mondo, hence the Mondo Solution. Um, What's interesting is that I've been consulting people more to make the way that they interact with Google reviews or Google My Business more broadly, now Google Business Profile more broadly, to do so in a formulaic way. And the, the what I mean by that is if you're going to request a review, have a plan. Like say, okay, well, uh, if it's somebody who gets uh, a, ro- a roof, right? Okay, well, if you come out and you do a roof repair, maybe it's three days later, you send somebody a message. Well, how are you going to send that message? Is that person an older person who might prefer an email? Or do they prefer, is it a younger person who's going to prefer a text? Or is it going to be snail mail with a QR code, which if it's an older person, they may not know how to use. How are you going to interact with that person based around who they are and what they do and all these things. And likewise, if somebody leaves a review, especially if it's negative, which is what we're talking about right here, I think that it is wise to at least sleep on it one night, Um, maybe two, depending on the time of day that you saw it. Give it a solid 24 hours from when you first seen that review and then respond. Obviously, according to review trackers, <laughs> according to review trackers statistics, they want a response within a week, which I fully agree with, but maybe give it 48 hours, whatever that is, again, depending on the time of day, day of the week, so on and so forth, definitely respond, but give yourself a chance to cool down, give them a chance to cool down. And yeah, I mean, just 
again, put yourself in their shoes. How are they feeling? Uh, if they have property or something that's damaged, it's not just as simple as they paid you for service, you provided that service, but in a poor way and you're now responding to it. It's actually that they feel damage inflicted upon them. So really try to consider that, I think is a wise way to go with that, you know? Absolutely. And, and just to briefly build, I do have an example of when damage has been done. Uh, a, uh, a client who shall go unnamed uh, as an aftermarket automotive organization. And it is not uncommon in this industry where you get your car to uh, have a new oil change, right? Get new tires, have some service done. Regardless of the work, uh, it's not uncommon that uh, the, the tires are not actually bolted back on to the axle uh, snugly every time. Mm. And, and it's it's actually, they call it a wheel off in the industry. So if you're driving down the road, you just had your car service, the wheel flies off on your front right and you lose control of turning, you know, 70% of your control is gone. Uh, I mean, yeah, think about all the issues that could happen. Hopefully nobody gets hurt, anything like yeah. that. But, right, that's a situation where, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you need to you need to address that in a very, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You need to address that promptly, yes. right? Yep. Like, of, of course they're going to come back uh, if they haven't, usually they haven't gone too far before the wheel falls off. But so many things could go wrong. Of course that, that issue should never happen, but that's beside the point. Yes. What we're talking about today is an issue has occurred, uh, and it's whether it's real or not from the business's perspective, it's very real to the customer's perspective. And addressing that, yes, as you've said, uh, realizing with sympathy what they're going through and putting yourself in those shoes and giving yourself time. I, I know you, you beat that horse, but it's still alive. And yeah. I, I couldn't say enough in any aspect of life giving yourself time to separate yourself from your emotions is key. A book I read uh, within the last year talked about how it's within 15 to 20 minutes for most humans, I'm not sure about dogs, but for most humans, 15 to 20 minutes is enough time for your fight, flight, freeze response to kind of wear off mm. and you begin to have, you begin to regain control of your feelings and your emotions and, and therefore, your words and your actions. So yes, uh, if it's if it's not if you don't have twenty four hours to respond, at least give yourself thirty minutes. Right yeah, before before you uh, pounce back on that response. Yeah, and and by the way, side sidebar thing: never, nev, never respond to a review or write a review. By the way, all humans. Uh, after you've had anything to drink, don't, don't alter your brain's function. Don't do that. It's not, even if you're like, you know, having a drink mellows me out. I'm going to be very kinder. No, you're not. Stop it. Don't do it. God, thank me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one up here, um, number two, <clears throat> again, for responses to negative reviews, apologize for the issue. Apologizing for the issue shows that you are taking responsibility for the problem. A study by review trackers, <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> a study by review trackers found that 78% of customers believe that seeing a business respond with an apology to a negative review is important. And again, to me, part of that is that if you are apologizing, it's not about the apology. I, well, I mean, it may be about the apology to the person, but <clears throat> that's between you and that party right so the business owner and the person complaining but it's the other people 
that are going to see that potentially because Google has on all their reviews, it's like, was this review helpful? And people can say, yes, this is review helpful. Is re this review is helpful or not? And there, they that is probably almost more important than the review itself. So it's not about eating crow. So set your ego aside. Those of you that can, um, I know some of the people that are just impossibly attached to their ego. Um, set your ego aside. Say the thing that needs to be said and up, it, apologize for it. Eat some crow. It's okay you're probably going to regain a client or at the very least not have them talk smack about you the next time somebody asks for a good painting company that doesn't want their bushes painted. <laughs> not everybody, to build on that, not everybody can be Wendy's, right? Mm -hmm. Like Wendy's, as <laughs> we've talked about in uh, at least two prior episodes, uh -huh. they have a reputation on Twitter. I know it's not Google, but it's on Twitter, right? They have this reputation for being snarky, sarcastic, uh, and some people love it. You know, people have grown to associate their social media presence on Twitter with being snarky and sarcastic. And yeah, sure, there are the detractors who say it's unprofessional mm -hmm. and they don't like the witty banter uh, and so on and so forth. But the reality is, you as an entity, you as an organization, or if it's just you as a person running your own company, you most likely are not going to have the untethered ability to just respond snarkily to any and every review, right? And and right? And <laughs> but yeah. I will say this, of course, maybe that that's a given. I will say it is uh I have I, not seen it be possible to remove a review on your account on Google. So only the person that posted it can remove it. So just bear in mind, I know this is kind of tangential, but that review is up there. And that review doesn't matter how many times you go crying to Google saying, oh, this has nothing to do with it. This person didn't even buy anything from us, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Google doesn't care. That review was left and and regardless of who left it, maybe they weren't a customer. Maybe it's just somebody, a competitor trying to sabotage your business. I mean, I, I don't think this is by and large the way reviews actually go. However, it is possible and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is how you respond to it. Um, you know, so quickly, it it is if a review is fraudulent and that's that's the trick, right? How do you define fraudulent? Because there are a lot of people that will... It, now it is against Google's uh, terms of use, I guess, uh, agreement that by using it that you agree to. Uh, that as a former employee, if you're going to go on, because a lot of reviews used to be from former employees and probably still are, quite frankly, negative reviews, that is, and go on and bitch about somebody or whine about a company, um, they can't, you can get things like that removed, but it is exceedingly difficult, even in cases of like clear fraudulent activity um so you know just uh be aware that if that's the case and even if you're going through the process of having it removed respond to it and be very clinical like if if somebody uh, you know if you see a review by bob smith for jordan's painting and bob was never a client of yours you go uh mr smith i'm really sorry that you felt the need to leave this review uh, for the record, we have no uh, record of a Bob Smith. We have no record of your address. We have no record of any work being done for you. So we'd love to help you out with this if we can. And again, it's kind of like acknowledgement, but just say it sounds so that the person reading is going to go, oh, well, this is horseshit. I mean, you know, and and 
continue to go through the process of having it removed by Google. And um, that's if you know what a Sisyphean task is, that is the definition. Like the old school Sisyphean task is you see this dude pushing a rock up a hill, it gets almost to the top, and then it rolls back. He might as well be typing an email to Google to see how much it, and then it just rolls back down and squishes him. Like you can, I know people that have gone, to, so there's a Google office in Boulder who have shown up and they're like, what do you want? What do you want us to do? <laughs> so, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it? Is it, it me? Is you. Am I up? It is you. <laughs> All right. All right. Are you done apologizing? I'm done apologizing. Listen, sir. <laughs> I'm really sorry that you had this experience. <laughs> well, that's how you take it to the next level, and that is you apologize and then you offer a solution, mm -hmm. right? So by providing a solution to the issue mentioned uh, in that review shows that you're actively trying to resolve the problem. A study by Bright Local, <clears throat> excuse me, found that 89% of customers read businesses' responses to see how they handle negative reviews. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that would be my, that's my go-to, right? Whether it's on Amazon for a product or Google, obviously, for a review of a company, uh, the first thing I do is see, right, if I'm comparing restaurants, I'll compare how many stars, but more importantly, it's the star to number of review ratio. Mm -hmm. Once you get past that threshold, in my experience, then you start, I mean, if, depending on how much you care, depending on the service that you're looking for, yeah, you're going to go look at the reviews. And if you see something that that's a red flag or several people saying something very similar about uh, poor customer service, poor product poor service in general uh and they go you know it's like the, it's like a tumbleweed yeah. in the desert with, with and and there's nobody to wrangle it right nobody that company isn't wrangling in the tumbleweed and saying, <laughs> oh, oh i know this is sticky and thorny and and listen i apologize here's how we can solve your problem you know if it's if it's the wheel off situation that i mentioned earlier uh of course they're probably going to deal with it at the shop level at as soon as possible, of course, because that customer needs their wheel back on uh, to drive away. But if that customer later goes on and leaves a review uh, and they, they're still upset, right, then that's the opportunity for not only an additional public-facing apology to occur, uh, but also the opportunity to say, hey, listen, um, terribly sorry about this. Maybe uh, what we can do for you is provide you a discount, a blanket discount of 15% on your next service uh, or on your next major service, something that is enticing. Uh, and, and of course, you know, you can't, you can't always just give away, away money, right? Like, of, of course there's a limit, you know, in the wheel off situation, somebody could get seriously hurt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's probably in that example, there's probably a, a larger, I, I imagine a slightly larger response that you might want to, to extend to obviate or you know nip in the bud any more major problems that come down the road but needless to say that whether it's uh yeah what well, you know whether it's the pizza guy delivered your pizza cold hey sorry about this here's a coupon uh, i know we weren't able to fix this issue for you that night at 2 a.m when you really wanted that pizza after the match uh but we can make it up for you and give you a free pizza the next day yeah i i agree i mean i think that's a great way to do it i would you alluded to this. I would I would caution business owners to really be super to not be super transparent about what discounts and kind of like concessions that you're giving because people are going to come back and ask for those. That's why I think it's like the the wise way to do there is to offer that solution 
as in as clear terms as you can. Hey, thanks, Mr. Jones. Uh, listen, we're really sorry that we oversprayed on your windows and got those things on your on your um, uh, your bushes. You know, we do have a solution to this because this is something that can frequently happen. We'd love to discuss that with you. Do you have a time? Or please give us a call or whatever that language is. And we'd love to discuss exactly how that is and how we can help make this better or resolve this or whatever. So uh, you may have to be a little bit vague because if you go, hey, listen, here's a coupon code. Every freaking person in the world is going to use a coupon code. And if you say, oh, your next paint is free, then somebody else is going to specifically call out because people are douches sometimes, really. And they're going to be just looking for a way to get a leg up. And I, I guess I understand, but I also, it's just kind of like, what? Come on, man. Don't be a... Don't be a douche, kids. Um, so the next one is avoid being defensive. Respond. I'm not being defensive. Well, oh, okay. What are really you? Sorry. What, I'm not. I'm not being defensive. I'm really sorry. Really sorry. <laughs> that worked really well, Jordan. Good job. <laughs> Responding defensively can make the situation worse. Instead, show empathy or sympathy and understanding towards the customer's concerns. And that's what I was saying about that first guy that like was a guy that I had seen these reviews. It's don't really push and don't go back. People are not entertained by your snarky witticisms. They're not. They're just going to get pissed off. So being defensive and be like, oh yeah, well you this, you're not helping anybody. Nothing is going to come out of that that is good. Again, it's just to be kind of best to be contrite. Um, if there is a problem where they have made some sort of a claim that especially if it verges or, or kind of veers off into legal territory, there are plenty of people that threaten uh, legal action that have no standing to do so. If they threaten legal action, look something up, address it, and then come back around without being defensive and very professionally and almost coldly say, you know, it seems that you're threatening this legal action here. I'd like to discuss this more. When is a good time to get on the phone or something like that? Because people who have no idea what they're doing, they're, they're being bullies. So call their bluff and just say, look, you can't, you, you're saying a thing that is not true and you're just using your rudimentary understanding because of something you saw on CSI about the legal system and how you're <laughs> going to enforce your bush leaves being oversprayed. So anyway, enhance and enhance. And it's <laughs> now I can really see the pain on those bushes. Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> It's like AI upscaling, but That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Interpreting <laughs> what pixels might be there. You know, my bush was green, but with since the AI is biased and on my side, it looks a little bit the color of my house now for some reason. It's and weird, suspicious. <laughs> How did it do that? <laughs> well, as we've said a couple times now, yep. this last point for uh, a tip on responding to negative reviews really culminates with, right? If you're going to give some discount, if you're going to whatever it is, if you're if the resolution is a conversation, if the resolution is a discount, if the resolution is a heart to heart, whatever the resolution is at the end game, it's important um, that, as you said, give the customer that's upset 
a vehicle for communicating with you directly, mm-hmm. not in ideally in a live format, whether that's on the phone, could be in person, maybe it's a video call. I don't know. But anything that's not a, oh, I sent a message, I'm going to wait. You know, it's having that real time dialogue back and forth. Anybody and everybody, in my experience, it, it always, as long as you can keep your, your wits about you, as long as you can tame yourself from becoming defensive or aggressive <laughs> in, in light of certain accusations, as long as you can come into it level headed almost always works better to confront these situations in a, in a live format, right? It, it, it almost always works, works out better because you can air your grievances. Well, they can air their grievances and, and you can air, um, you know, your, your sympathy for them, you know, your concern yeah. for how they feel, you know, as you said, it's not about empathy. It's not trying to, it's not trying to, we can never exactly put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, right? Yeah. We, we cannot, actually feel what they're feeling in that moment have we felt something similar sure but it really it's about being sympathetic to their to their case yeah i i mean there's kind of like a hierarchy of communication methods right and in person is always number one um and then you probably have i guess in this day and age in person video then maybe phone text and email it's like you probably just should not do that because you can't interpret tone you can't interpret anything that's going on. The person's intention, you're, you're reading it in a vacuum <clears throat> and you're going to automatically, especially if you've been, you feel like you've been wronged, you're going to automatically assume that person is coming to you in an aggressive way because is, if, I say, if I say Jordan is doing something and we're joking around and I go, <laughs> stop that. Well, if Jordan's in the right mindset, it looks like I said, stop that. And that is a very, the same words, the same words, but if I text it, you have no way of understanding that context. And maybe Jordan just got cut off by somebody in traffic or whatever it is. So there's that. Um, I will say that it's probably best. The person that was their point of contact at Jordan's painting. So if it was Steve who works for Jordan's painting, who is the project manager or who is the painter, if there's somebody named in that review, that person should probably be part of that conversation. Um, even if that person is like the painter and not as is Jordan is the owner, that person should still probably be part of that. And maybe you could both do it, both the owner and the person come in, definitely support your employee. If that person is kind of called out specifically, assuming there's nothing criminal going on, but like you should really make sure that they're not, Oh, come on over. We'll have a conversation. They come on over and they talk to a receptionist. That's nonsense. Now don't, don't do that. Uh, make sure that you have the stones to have a real conversation with somebody. And by the way, on this same token, kind of a, a little bit of a sidebar, when you're talking to any client, any client, uh, don't flip into this weird, you're Mr. Nice Guy or Ms. Nice Guy, and then you flip when they tell you you don't want something. Like I've I've had experiences where I come in and I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, hey, I'm going to pass. I was buying a car one time. And uh, I went to this one dealership and I was looking at this car and, and I did, this happened twice. So I have two kind of like back-to-back examples. I go to this dealership, look at this car. Um, and I had the car night cause that's what they wanted. So I bring the car back the next day and it was like, you know what? I actually, this is not, doesn't have enough ro- off-road capability. So thanks so much. Uh, but I'm going to have to pass. 
And the guy, he was clearly disappointed, but he was like, okay, yeah, man. Hey, listen, thanks so much. And so on and so forth. But then the next dealership, I was like, it's basically the same conversation. And the guy was like, well, then why'd you, why'd you take it home? I mean, you probably knew it didn't have these things. And I was like, whoa, calm down, man. Like, it, it's so weird. You don't have to flip from Mr. Nice Guy because then you're showing your colors because the nice guy piece is not where you're truly at. That's that's not who you really are. So don't don't do that. Don't be fake to people. There's too many people being fake and there a lot of those people are s- simply being fake for the sale because they don't care about anything but the win. They don't care about anything about the win. That's all. So don't be fake. Be a real person. People will value you for it. Um and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're one of those car sales guys, I, I wish you the best, but don't sit there and get defensive about me saying this. Why don't, maybe, maybe I know what I'm talking about because I buy stuff too. Like it's wild that people get, Oh, that guy's talking to me. I'm not talking to you. Calm down ego. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Jeez, Jordan. You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not personal. You are getting so defensive so right am. now. What's funny is as you were mentioning that story of the automotive, I was, uh, I, I recollected something almost very similar that happened to me, and I will recount it sure. here briefly. Uh, so yeah, I went to look at a car. Uh, seemed like a good deal. This was in the last three, four years. Uh, it was a nice summer day, probably in the middle of June. I stroll in. Uh, I find some, you know, a salesperson finds me, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is a car. It shows that you have it in inventory. Um, I'd, I'd like to drive it if we can. So next 10, 15 minutes, they can't find the car. Uh, it's nowhere to be found. Uh, and I, all of a sudden I see it on the showroom floor. I'm like, it's actually, I think that's the car. And they're like, oh yeah, that is the car. So we get in the car. Well, they have to like, you know, whatever, move all the chairs, drive it out of the showroom. Um, we go for just a quick trip, like onto the highway and then the first exit off of it. Right. And, and then we're taking a right and it dies. The car just, (laughs) just chug, chug. It just ran out of gas. It just ran out of gas. And the first thing the sales guy who's sitting next to me says is, you shouldn't have accelerated like what? that. What? And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And <clears throat> so here I am. I'm flabbergasted. The car's, the car's off. It's hot. The car's no longer working, so there's no air conditioning. We get outside the car. I'm like, well, um, I guess I'll get a, an Uber or something. He's like, no, you're going to help me push this car to the gas station. And I'm like, <laughs> like you got to be kidding me. I was like, bro. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this because my my default is nice. My my demeanor is Canadian for sure. Very very nice. Very, and that's only a positive to anybody that's Canadian. Like just the nicest people I've ever known. I help him push the car half a mile Holy to the closest cow. gas station. A no joke, no joke. And we just barely get it up there. It's a heavy car. Um, and we fill it with gas, and I'm like, "This is this is ridiculous." <laughs> uh, so I, I don't remember. Eventually, obviously, I got back to the dealership in my own car, and I left. I ended up writing a review, uh, and I detailed everything. I, you know, I was like, th- I, I, "I, there's no filler." I said exactly yep. what happened, line by line. You know, minute by minute. This is the guy I worked with. This is what he said to me. <laughs> like, I ended up pushing the car myself to the gas station, uh, and. I just left it and they, they did come back to me uh, and I don't have it in front of me or anything like that, but it was, it was, it was a positive response. They're like, we are so sorry this happened. Please 
call me, uh, the manager, the supervisor, or whomever it was, please call me and we will work out something with you. Uh, I ended up not wanting to buy a car anymore after <laughs> that experience. So I didn't end up following up uh, or calling them whatsoever. And I suppose that I didn't take down the review either. So that review is still there, but at least it's there and there's a positive response to it, right? So Yeah, I'm um, surprised he didn't make you pay for the gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, I'm wondering if I did. Uh, it's been a while. I also think that there's an opportunity like up front to get out in front. I mean, I just, I can't even imagine a situation like that where you can get out in front as the manager, owner, whatever it is, and just, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it sounds like the salesperson was just kind of not had no idea what the hell was going on. Zero self-awareness. Oh, no, you're going to help me push it. I'd be like, what? Not only am I not, you're going to pay for my Uber. God. What the (laughs) hell, man? I don't. Well, right. How about some positive reviews? (laughs) These happens. These happen from time to time. It is interesting. And I I don't know this. I'm sure there's a statistic. And now that I have said, I'm sure there's a statistic. Jordan is the kind of person that's like, I will look that up while you ramble. Um, Where I wonder the percentage of negative reviews to the percentage of positive reviews uh, on Google or whatever. Because I would think that for somebody for somebody to um, leave a positive review, it has to, there's, there's a pretty high bar for them to take action on that because I perceive things, uh, this is my personal bias, so please take it for what it's worth, but I think that you have a certain amount of professionalism that should be expected. So if you exceed that, I likewise attach that to your professionalism. If I'm going to leave a positive review, especially if it's like over the top glowing, it's going to be because you blew me away. And that just simply doesn't happen that often simply because the large majority of us tend to do what is required plus maybe 10%, right? It's not plus 100. Um, But for a negative review, all it has to do is not meet your expectation. So it could be 99% of what you expected and that 1% is where somebody got pissed off. So I would be curious to see what is the differential between positive and negative reviews left. And I would assume that there are way more negative reviews left than positive. I do have Which some insights since you've been chatting away. You are a chatty uh, Kathy and that's nothing chatty, against Kathy. Chatty Brandon. Chatty Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll just read this excerpt here. Uh, Research suggests that people are more likely to leave negative reviews than positive ones. According to a study by Power Tractors, just kidding, by Power Reviews, 82% of consumers seek out negative reviews and they are more likely to leave a negative review if they had a negative experience. So here's the stat that you're looking for, uh, or at least it's close. Another study by Bright Local found that 53% of customers are more likely to leave a negative review than a positive one. Yeah. I, I seek out negative reviews too, yeah. by the way. I, I think that's a good way to go. If you're, <clears throat> even if it's on Amazon, if you're going to buy something, don't look at the positive things because somebody, a lot of people will get something. Like it's it's baffling to me when people get their new iPhone 23 or whatever the hell it is. And the same, the first day they leave a review and I'm like, what? Like, how are you leaving a review the first day? If, I mean, assuming it's the day they got it. And they're not some like beta test or something. How are you leaving a review? That makes zero sense because part of use cases is durability, right? And use of a product over time. So 
I always check negative reviews because I think, I think, and I'm making this assumption about myself, that I'm a good enough judge of what somebody is saying to understand whether or not they've actually, A, used the product. I basically could see through the BS, right? You can go, oh, well, this person, like if somebody goes, they buy a Blu-ray player and they uh, leave a review and they're like, you know what? I tried to put my uh, Queen Night at the Opera LP in here. It didn't work. This thing's a piece of shit. And you go, what? <laughs> it's because it's a record. And you try to put it in a Blu-ray player. Well done, dummy. <laughs> I tried to play my OG <laughs> PlayStation game in this Xbox, you know, 4 1280 or whatever. How many degrees they're on right now? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't work. You know, I, I have to say this. There there are other situations. Like, exactly. It's the BS filter that is up to each individual to assess, um, to build upon what you're saying. <clears throat> it kills me. It kills me to see these reviews on Amazon. Like some product, you're like, okay, uh, you know, there's a few, pro there's three products I'm looking at. They're all broadly similar, but which one is the best? And then you go look into the reviews and like so many of the negative ones are, I like the product, but it arrived late two stars it's like that has nothing to do <laughs> with, with the product right it's like okay uh you know i all right it arrived one day later than my amazon prime uh and i knew there was weather and they told me that it was going to be delayed but it still arrived late bad review it's like oh, this, is, this is this is right this is ridiculous well <laughs> this has nothing to do with the i product. do and this is a, a sidebar thing but um i'm gonna try to find one of these so Kim Jong-il, the former dictator of South Korea, North Korea. So he wrote all these books. Like, it, it's very, very funny. Um, yeah, let's see. This one is On the Art of Cinema. And I think he has one that's like On the Art of Golf. I got to find this. It is so funny because people leave these fake reviews and it's, freaking brilliant they're like oh my god i had no idea this guy was so amazing like here's one um and uh, let's see i'm trying to find one that's really good this one is a review for on the art of cinema by kim jong-il who is now dead god rest his soul i guess um this review i never understood cinema to me movies were movies you went in ate popcorn and if you were lucky stuff blew up then came kim his words are like poetry and his descriptions are as delicious as ice cream of the mind. Suddenly, cinema made sense. It is art. It is life. I'm no writer, so I'm not sure if I can put this into words as well as Kim could, but his book is like touching a beautiful woman in a special place and she doesn't call the cops on you. It's that good. So. Uh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. I love that people do this and they like this one. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a review from you can see these by the way on Amazon. Just go on Amazon and look up Kim Jong Il books. Um, this one is from DPRK Chubby Bunny. The title of this review is "My Loins They Burn with the Fire of Our Dear Leader's Brilliance." <laughs> that says. I'm not going to read it because it's like six paragraphs long, but the last paragraph is all praise the eternal general secretary of the Workers' Party of Korea and damn the American capitalist whores, except for the ones who made the Fast and the Furious movies. Those were pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love those things. So, sorry. Good times. I don't know where we were. Let's see. Yes. <laughs> Did I read yeah. the first review? I didn't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> positive reviews. Here's how you respond. Number one, thank the customer. 
According to a study by Bright Local, 89% of customers read businesses' responses, as we already mentioned, to positive reviews. Thanking the customer for their kind words shows that you appreciate their feedback. I would also submit to be specific in that. There are so many people that just go, uh, oh, Jordan's painting was great. There was no overspray on the bushes whatsoever. And the owner will come and go, hey, Jordan uh, or Bob, thanks so much for your awesome review. It's great working with you. And that's what all the review responses are. I understand that there's, I mean, what are you going to say that is outside of that? But if you can be specific, oh, it was great working with you. And those hydrangeas are really beautiful. Glad we could keep the paint off of them. Whatever. You know, I mean, I think it's go above and beyond and try to list specificity because it's show, it shows in a measure of care, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was, uh, I was trying to find this uh, this review that I saw many years ago, and it was just it was kind of like that Kim Il Kim Jong Il uh, Kim Jong Il one. Uh, it was for these fly traps. I can't find it, but um, <clears throat> if you have somebody that really likes your product or service, and they go above and beyond to to your point, if they go above and beyond to make something uh, just really poetic or dramatic or just brilliant, that's that's a huge boon. I, I mean, there's a reason I'm remembering this this hanging fly trap review some four years later. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like this fly trap is so. I don't have it in front of me. It's like this fly trap is so effective. You know, it's like it uh, <laughs> it kills generations of flies. Like some of the flies, you know, their their whole lives are in there. They're born there. They die there. It's it's a great Even machine. Jeff Goldblum for, uh, <laughs> walked by and got sucked in. <laughs> from the fly <laughs> get it deep cut uh, i hadn't seen that movie yet no no is that what happened dang you learned it for me jeff goldblum plays <laughs> the fly in the fly you know that's it i haven't seen the movie i'm gonna it's really that <laughs> that the title doesn't give it away at all <laughs> does he fly i don't know does he Right. <laughs> where were two. we? Were you showing appreciation? Number two, you were showing appreciation. We are. I'm showing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, <clears throat> another way to handle a response uh, to positive reviews is to show your appreciation towards the customer's loyalty, uh, patronage, uh, and it can help strengthen that relationship between that customer and the business. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, hey. Um, you know, I have a lot of people uh, that are buying my pencils these days. I mean, they're literally, we're selling out of them faster than we can grow the trees to produce them, which is kind of concerning, but that's not part of the business model. Don't worry about that. But these, uh, you know, these these pencils that don't really exist, but are amazing, right? Say somebody leaves a review, a review and they say, man, this this pencil, uh, you know, they say pens are supposed to write for, for a mile. Well, this pencil, this pencil writes like two miles. I would never expect this out of a pencil and it never goes dull. To which my response to this glowing customer review would be, you know what? I appreciate you as a human. I, I'm glad to see that you're using my product the way that it's supposed to be used and you're not doing anything silly with it, like sticking it up your nose or having it poke out of your ears <laughs> like like a teenager or a five-year-old perhaps. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, it's just, I <laughs> know this, this has gone out of hand, but just, you know, show your appreciation when somebody writes something positive. You know, definitely don't just, don't just leave it there, you know, same with the negative reviews, right? Yep. Like respond, you know, and uh, unless you have some, uh, one topic I wanted to mention was that, <clears throat> excuse me, if you, if your company is large enough, it might be desirable to have one person that consistently responds to reviews. That way, the tone of the messaging, everything's, you know, yep. the same, right? It's it's the same person. Uh, perhaps that person isn't the one that's directly 
doing what making the product or providing the service and so that way they kind of have a a buffer between uh themselves mm -hmm. and what potentially what the customer is complaining about um of course to your point right it's it's one thing to have that initial response which could be kind of by this this neutral party in a way inside your company uh ultimately you would want to follow up with the person that was working with that customer uh, to, to hand out the apology if it's an apology, but for a positive review, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to shout out. Yeah. And, and you could even say, you know, we, we actually heard about your project internally and Bob over here told us about your project and I'm really glad that we could get that done for you. I think that also part of showing appreciation could be actually a, a gift of some sort, whatever that is. So, Hey, listen, thanks so much for, you know, the glowing review of the Jordan's, number eight pencils if you'd like we can t let you in behind the scenes you can try the the nimbus 2023 pencil which can not only write but you can fly home on it faster than the nimbus 2000 and 2001 and <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get such a trademark violation for that but you can you can say hey why don't you come down we'll show you how these are made hey listen we'd love to make we have a loyalty program here it is over here and it's usually you buy 10 pencils, you get an 11th one free. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and say 10 pencils, you get your 11th one free, but we're going to give you five ticks on your box so that you only have five left or whatever it is. Show that appreciation in a tangible way and people are likely to spend more money with you. And it's interesting. I, I don't know. That feels like something that we would actually need to go and look up the math for because I would wager that it is more valuable to give away something in a situation like that because it's going to result in future sales than it is to just be like thanks and hope they come back so i i would imagine yeah. absolutely <clears throat> absolutely I i'll just say this briefly yes um <clears throat> i don't have the stats but i have to imagine that responding appropriately and you know uh, to a negative mm -hmm. review is valuable, of course, as we've indicated, it is valuable, but it's probably even more valuable to respond to a positive review, which reinforces that person's already strong, positive feelings towards your product, your service, or your company, or that representative that they worked with. You know, having people that can evangelize mm -hmm. your product that don't work for you, I mean, that, that goes a long way. I mean, I, I can't tell you, uh, I'm, I'm an Apple fanboy, right? Like, I, Nobody pays me to be an Apple fanboy, right? I, I just, I just, I love their products. I know, uh, I know how well uh, they they work. I know how much effort has been put into designing them on the inside and the outside. Uh, and yeah, any chance I get, man, oh yeah, I'm gonna try to convert as many people from Android as I can. And I've already converted like five of them. Some took a long time, but uh, you know, I won't give up. But you see, having people like me who don't work for your company. That's what you want. You want people, I and mean, word of mouth always draws the best business in my experience. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, where did I go? Sorry, I just lost my place. S Were you trying to personalize? Yes. Wait, this is me, right? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. So I was showing my. We've touched on this a little bit. Uh, showing, so personalizing the response. We have touched on this. But again, make sure that everybody addressing that is mentioning something specific. People are going to feel as though they really understand where you are. And quite frankly, from a memory standpoint, it's going to mean that if that person reaches back out to you, you're going to be able to say, oh yeah, this and this and this. I have people 
uh, clients of mine <clears throat> who I've talked to and I can pick up the phone with that person. I haven't talked to them since, I don't know, 2019 or something like that. And I go, oh, hey, how's your, uh, your son is still, he was doing shooting competitions. How's that going? Because he's in college now, right? And they're like, oh my God. But you're being specific, <laughs> whether that's to a relative to a review or something like that. Make sure that you're responding with specificity. Give them that little nugget of information. Give them some sort of nugget of information about yourself. Is something that I like to do. Oh man, you know what? I've never done a shooting competition because, quite frankly, I can't hit the broad side of a barn, which is not true. But in this case, you you want to be specific and give them that little bit of it's a dopamine hit. I mean, that's what it boils down to, right? So the more specific you can be and personalized that response is the more that it's going to impact that person. So absolutely. Yeah. Ab absolutely. Yeah. It, even little things, you know, it, if you can get beyond, Hey, how are the wife and yep. kids? Yep. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, like, Oh gosh, I hope this person has a wife and yes. kids. <laughs> right. If you can say, Hey, I remember you mentioning, even if you don't remember the dog's name, Hey, I remember you mentioning your dog was having this trouble eating last time we spoke. How is he doing now? You know, a lot of that boils down to, um, yes, we're, we're fallible. We are humans. We can't remember everything, but if if we are able to make little notes in whatever platform we are, you, you never know when that's going to be useful. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not disingenuous to make a note about, you know, a one or two specific things about a client uh, or a future client. And if they leave a response uh, or if they tell you thank you in person, whatever it is, you know, by solidifying that bond, showing that you actually listen to them, <laughs> that goes that goes a long way to, uh, as they would say, force multiplying yes. uh, the power of these positive positive. Absolutely, reviews, right? absolutely. So next point: highlight a specific detail. So highlighting a specific detail mentioned in a positive review, such as a, a product or service, shows that you are paying attention to the customer's feedback. So very similar, but <clears throat> instead of <clears throat> excuse me, instead of having uh, a an anecdote that you recall about that individual, mm -hmm. right? It can be, um, you can highlight something that they said like, oh man, when I'm using Jordan's number nine pencils, they're just so smooth. They're smooth, uh, it's carefree. It doesn't hurt my hand to use it as much because I suffer from arthritis as when I'm using your prior number seven pencils. Uh, I'm gonna keep buying these pencils. So in that, in that, um, response to a positive review, you know, you just say, Hey, I appreciate that you, um, are enjoying the smoothness of the pens lead delivery system. We spent decades developing this technology. Uh, and you should have seen some of the earlier examples where we tried to melt the lead first and that didn't end well. So thank you for picking up. On that. Uh, I think there's also an opportunity for cross-selling in that if done so in a not ham-handed fashion, because you could, in the, in the pencil example, you could go, Oh, and hey, Bob, thanks so much for mentioning that uh, that number, what was he using? The number eight, number nine? The nine. nine. Oh nine. my God. He's using the number nine. He go, you know what? What we have found is that as you're noticing, as you pointed out, the number nine does get dull much, much less quickly. But what we also have seen is if you want to try out for a day for free, you can try out our pencil sharpener over here. What that does is it means that the graphite in that pencil is sharper to a point so fine that that single point of lead is going to last 25% longer. If you'd like to try that out, give us a call and we'd be happy to help you. Then they're gonna try that out. 
and then they're probably going to buy this pencil sharp. These people are really into pencils. Like, <laughs> screw computers. <laughs> well, I mean, just as a brief aside, right? It's like, you know, how many millions of uh, of dollars? I actually, I don't know if this story is real or not. But regardless, it's a great example, and I'm sure it's true on some level. NASA spent so much money trying to develop a pen that would write upside down, just to find out that the pencil was already already invented. invented. How about that? <laughs> So, <laughs> our final one is encourage the customer to return. Again, kind of like the cross-selling that I was mentioning a second ago. Encourage the customer to return. Try out other products or services. They can help build customer loyalty. And again, this gives you an opportunity to, quite frankly, you could get some, depending on what you're doing, right? You could say, hey, listen, if you have you know, a mailbox that needs to be painted, whatever tell us we've got this new direct to metal paint dtm paint that we'd like to come out and uh, put on that and just see how that performs if you'd help us do that we'll paint that mailbox for you for free there's there's a really good opportunity to do that and then you can say while you're there painting the mailbox and you go you know we also noticed um because i could see through the window right here that the above your fireplace in your living room there was getting a little bit dark if you'd like us to come in and take a look at that and make sure there's no actual heat damage or soot damage on the wall the ceiling above it we're happy to do that and we can you know we can see what we can do in the future or we'll just tell you that now is not the right time and maybe we can look at that before it gets cold next year there are a lot of ways that you can encourage that customer by offering kind of a value add to that and that's another again another opportunity for cross-selling you know absolutely and unless you're a, a taxi driver your job isn't to drive customers away, right? right. <laughs> right. Sorry, that was a, it, was a, it was a dad joke. Uh, I tell my dad one dad joke a day. That, that was, was the dad a dad joke. joke. Today, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it, fit, it fits it swimmingly. Did. It yeah, did. So. Um, so one thing that's not listed here, and so that's that's kind of our thing about customer reviews. One thing that uh, we should, you know, we should do an entire show on at some point uh, because there's a lot of uh, legality around this one topic. And so I think that we should, probably not do it on the fly since I didn't tell Jordan I was going to talk about this, but that is employee, former employee reviews. So there are, uh, again, as we mentioned earlier, there are a lot of former employees that are going to try to leave fraudulent reviews or people that were never employees or whatever it is that are going to try to leave fraudulent reviews on platforms such as Google, which is again, a violation of their TOS. But then there's Glassdoor and things like that. Glassdoor, if you're not familiar, Jordan, are you familiar with Glassdoor? Great. I am. So Glassdoor, for those not familiar, <clears throat> which if you're listening to this, you probably are, um, is a place that needs to be watched just as much and, and places like Glassdoor. Glassdoor, you know, they'll post jobs and company reviews and things like this by extern, external people. But they're also going to post job reviews of people who work there or who have worked there. Um, that's a place that you have to watch because... Former employers, employees rather, uh, they know all the ins and outs. And what's really interesting is that if you are going to go and place a review on Glassdoor, please understand the, diff the difference between uh, just making a factual statement and defamation. Defamation is a legal standard, which is saying something that is untrue about somebody. Um, and by the way, people like to use the word provably a lot. Please understand that if you say something is provably 
this way or that. The burden of proof is not on the person who is being accused of this thing that you were saying. The burden of proof is on the person making the claim. So if you're going to make a claim about this former employer of yours, uh, make sure that you are not lying. Basically, make sure that you're not a POS. Make sure that you have character um, because you're going to get attacked for it. Uh, it's supposed to be anonymous, but quite frankly, it's not going to be that anonymous. They're going to know who you are. Um, know, like to the best of my knowledge, and I did research on this recently because just I did research on this recently and I'll leave it at that. Um, you can leave those things and you can make factual statements about a company. I would strongly encourage people not to do so again from a place of emotion. I would strongly encourage uh, people to give time before leaving said reviews. And for the companies that are then having to respond to those reviews, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how to respond to those. I think that it is still worth a response. Um, you know, it's, again, seldom are people going to leave like a super glowing review all the time. It's probably going to be less than five stars. But I think that there's a spot to answer in there. I think that, you know, it can quickly become a, a pissing match between who can be more upset by whether it's the person that is no longer with the company for involuntary reasons, let's say, or the person that is still there um, and is a tremendous D-bag. So uh, whatever that is, don't get into a pissing match with that person because it's not going to go well. Um, so, but just understand that people's perception of your company, that's how you get good people in the door. And more and more, we want other people's opinions about something. I mean, if you, if you sell anything, there are a lot of times where somebody's going to go, oh yeah, hey, can you give me a reference of your work? And you, you better have somebody reference that you can point to. Um, and Glassdoor is a good way to kind of um, streamline that process because you can go and say, before I go and even apply for this company or accept this job or whatever it is, go read the reviews. Because unless there, if, if there are a bunch of negative reviews and there has been no um, change at the perceived top end of the company in terms of um, stated owner, not necessarily true ownership, but stated ownership. Uh, if nothing, there have been no changes since the negative reviews have been thrown up. Uh, be aware that you're probably going to walk right into a similar situation. So something to be cognizant of, I would say. Well said. I think you, you capped everything up really nicely there. I will say just one thing that I came sprung to mind here, right? I didn't throw it up. Uh, as, as, <laughs> as they did with the reviews. <laughs> uh, but yes, so if you're if you're looking at somebody that's left a review on Google, all right, uh, yes, take your time. Don't respond for emotion. Of course, of course, of course. One thing that would be useful is you can click on that person and see if they are like a serial negative review lever, <laughs> yep. right? Or if this is just kind of like a a one-off, which, you know, which would make it seemingly more sincere. But if, yeah, if you can see that they have a track record with other companies of just always complaining, that's a good indicator that uh, it's, it's probably even more valuable to respond appropriately to this review uh, as they may make their mission in life to, 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 you know, come after you. That's always, is a, so just a tip, you know, you can always, you can see what these people are about 
in, in their history. Yeah, I, I'm actually curious. Uh, let me see, because I have a review here that I'm definitely curious about. Let me see how many reviews I have. Wow. I don't know that I have that many reviews. You know, one, two, three, four. Yeah, and in fact, one of them was for this guy seven years ago that I told you. He was super nice about the, like, the guy at that one car dealership, it was a Mazda dealership, no offense, Mazda, um, that I didn't buy the car, but the guy was super kind. Like, he was so, he handled my rejection so well. I only have four reviews in, like, however many years of this one particular thing. And he handled my rejection so well that I wrote a friggin' five-star review for the guy. Like, what? And I don't have many reviews. But I was so impressed by that that I, I went out of my way to do that. I mean, I, I am very curious, though, because that's... Yeah, I got to check all my review stuff. I'm very curious. By the way, <laughs> fun fact, and we should do this. If you have left a positive review for somebody who then later showed themselves to be a let's say less than reputable or just completely not reputable uh, business person, you can remove that review. So uh, consider doing that. If you would like to know how to do that, uh, Jordan, can we take a note to put in the notes how to remove a review of your own? And also, can we put a link to how to petition to have a review moved removed from Google My Business or whatever it is? I think- Absolutely. We'll put those yeah. in the show notes for I you I also guys. think, by the way, the, the, the cure to bad speech is better speech. The cure to bad, and not eliminating speech, not censorship. So pull your head out of your butt, Mao. The, ch the, the challenge to bad reviews is better reviews. So don't sit there and go, I'm going to have that review removed. No, you're not. You may, but it's a very small likelihood. Maybe just improve what you're doing. Become a become better at what you do. Become better at customer service. There's always these things are always a growth opportunity. Uh, some people take these things as a way to just smack down the other person. All that's doing is proving your own weakness in what you're doing. Don't do that. Use it. Use it as an opportunity to improve and go. You know what I'm going to do with this? I'm going to be better. You know. So I think it's a I think it's a wise way to go. My opinion. No, absolutely. That opinion is gold. Solid, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, everybody, that is, um, that's our, that's our uh, show today. Episode number 18, as previously mentioned, uh, all about leaving, how to, how to respond to reviews, whether positive or negative. And I think the really, the big takeaway for me uh, is leave a response, like respond to those, use it as your improvement and move on. Reviews aren't going anywhere. Uh, that's why things like networking and and for whatever capacity, people trust people that they know. See, people work with people they know, like, and trust, and they prefer to work with people that they can vouch for other people. So this is a way in this digital age that we're in of vouching for somebody or understanding where their priorities or their integrity lies, or if they have no integrity at all. Oh, Really quick sidebar to myself as I was doing our outro there. If you see all five stars, I have mixed emotions about that. I really do. Yes. Yes. Because if you see all five stars, you go, hold on a second. What's happening there? Uh, and, and I wonder, I wonder, I'll just say that. Sometimes I think a, uh, a 
three star, four star, one star thrown in there. And then you see good stuff on top of that. Isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, I'm kind of torn on that one. So just throwing that out there. Food for thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say, of course, of course. If it's only five stars, yeah, you got to wonder how it, how it came to be. Everybody, every company, every every situation uh, exists to create. You know, what I'm trying to say, there are mm-hmm. problems. Problems are going to happen. And it's how you get back up from those problems. So to see a company's review page and there's no issues mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever, even yeah, even if it's just five star, five star, five star, four star, five star, five star, five star. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, <laughs> but if it's all five stars, uh, you know, all the way down, that's, yeah, it's usually a red flag, especially on, well, on Amazon products too, in my yeah. experience, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I agree with you. <laughs> just, just look, I mean, is it, is it crap? Look and look, you know, I don't think you mentioned this. Look how old their reviews are. That review from was seven years ago that I left that review. Like, look at the age of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I use my reviews sparingly, I guess. I mean, I could do a, a lot, but I would much rather be a little more genuine about it. So, my two cents. Anyway, thank you, Jordan. It's been real. Uh, thank now you, our show can vote. It can vote. <laughs> yes. That's awesome, man. Uh, guys, again, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, please don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe. If you're looking on YouTube, please kick, kick, also click that notification bell. Um, please don't forget to uh, check out all our show notes, including uh, review tractors and um, tractor trailers and all of the above. <laughs> Thanks for like that? that in there. Um, we are, we are, I am Brandon that is Jordan. Jordan. I'm Jordan. Jordan Mac to the D. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us for show 18. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Oh, Solution.